Hi, everyone. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dave Giancola from the USGA, joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Mike Trosel. Mike, how are you today? Dave, I'm, uh, I'm doing well. I'm really excited about this one. I know you are. He's a Patriots fan, and uh, Mike and I are so excited to be joined by Danny Woodhead, who you may know best for that football career on the NFL gridiron, but he is a golfer, too, folks, recently qualifying for next year's U.S. Amateur Four Ball with his partner, Mike Wilhelm, which will be held at Chambers Bay, of course, the of the 2010 U.S. Amateur and where Jordan Spieth won the 2015 U.S. Open. So first of all, Danny, congrats on qualifying and how are you? Thanks. Uh, I appreciate it. uh, It was definitely a goal of mine to get to a uh, USGA championship. And looky here, I guess I was fortunate enough to to qualify. Uh, Things are good. It's cold here in Nebraska, but uh, other than that, things are well. Yeah, Danny, is the first snow flown yet? We're here in uh, you know, early November coming up. Yeah. What's, uh, already a little snow on the ground? We did get a little bit of snow on the ground, but see, Nebraska's kind of random. They don't, it's, it's like uh, they don't know what they want weather-wise, and it's it can be randomly freezing cold in October and even September sometimes, but you can also get months uh, like in November – that are or days in November that are like really nice. Like next week, it's supposed to be the sixties. Like that's very golfable, you know? And so it's, it's just kind of random. We, we don't, we don't know what the heck we want out here. Well, I can make it for very challenging in fall golf. And Danny, I want to go back to October 5th. That was the four ball qualifier at Firethorn golf club in Lincoln, 45 teams for two spots. You're there with Mike Wilhelm. Set the stage for us a little bit. How were you feeling going in? What was the weather like that day? Was it cold? Was it windy? And how did the round unfold for you guys? Love to hear the story of, of how you ended up qualifying. Yeah, it was very windy. Uh, I don't know, 20 to 30 miles an hour, something like that. And it was just tough conditions. But, uh, you know, I I wasn't playing great. Like, my game was probably the opposite of trending going in. And, I, I didn't play, I did enough to help. I mean, I didn't play, I didn't play my best round. Um, but Mike has such a, he has a piercing ball flight. He's a really good player, great iron player and has a piercing ball flight. And in some ways I felt like, I felt like we had a chance just because it eliminate the wind can eliminate a lot of people, uh, especially when it's that drastic. And I knew, um, that Mike can hit a low ball. I can hit a low ball and, uh, I used to only hit a low ball. Um, so we were able, we knew we had a shot. Um, we, I mean, if it was a nice day, I felt like we had a shot, but I felt like, uh, I don't know if we had the advantage, but, uh, we, we were, we were comfortable with where, um, you know, we were, where we were at and the, the opportunity that we had. So, you know, Danny, you guys are going right along. And I first said the two main things in four ball, right? the two main rules one is never apologize for a bad shot and then the second one is always pick a good partner and it seems like you you definitely nailed the second one i don't know about the first but you picked a good partner with mike and and you guys were humming right along it looked like you were four under through 16 and kind of did you know where you stood at that point did you know it's kind of three four under par you're gonna have a pretty good shot to get in as you were playing those last couple holes you know we didn't know where we were at and that's the one thing that we regret because we're both, but I think we were just kind of going along. So we didn't really even think about it, you know, and, uh, we, we birdie 15 and, uh, 
we're four under. I mean, we knew four under was going to be solid. But like the thing that I do regret is we should have just said, all right, what are we at? Like to to my caddy, he, he didn't know what we should do. He didn't know if we wanted to know. So he just didn't say anything. He was kind of on the lookout for it. Um, we should have said something, though. Uh, that was something that we will uh, not allow to happen when we're at Chambers Bay. Uh, it was kind of dumb on our part. So we should have just said, hey, where are we at? Where are we at? Because we're both someone that needs to know. Like if I'm in an, in an individual tournament, I want to know where I'm at. And it's just something because, you know, some people say like, oh, I don't want to know where I'm at. I want to just play my game. It's like, well, that's stupid. If if I if I mess up because I'm we're ahead or something, well, then we're just super mentally weak. Like, and we can we can own that. And I think that's something that we talked about afterwards. Is if if we would have just done our thing and just got the two pars and just left because we we had two three putts on the last two holes and it's like well you kind of deserve to have bogeys you just do and not that it would have made a difference but i do think it would have probably it probably would have helped to know especially with both of both of our mindsets yeah, it seems like you know more information is never a bad thing as you're coming down the stretch so you can you know figure out what your strategy is and how you want to play the hole so you guys you bogey the last two holes you shoot a two under 69 at that point, you know, were you waiting around to see how things were going to shake out, or do you already know we're in this playoff and we're going back to the 16th hole for the playoff? I mean, we had to wait around, but we knew. I mean, the course was playing so tough because when the wind is going like crazy, 17's a tough, a tough par three with a tough, tough pin, and then 18 was, uh, you know, was no gimme either. So like we had a, we knew there was a chance. We were just kind of waiting, hanging out. Uh, we didn't have to wait, uh, wait out too long though, because there are only like four groups after us, I think four or five. And, or, so we were just like, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, definitely would have helped if we would have known. Um, I mean, like how many, how many football teams go into the fourth quarter, not knowing the score? None. I mean, they, they don't, cause that would be the dumbest thing in the world. Like why, why, why wouldn't you want to know if you're, if you have a chance at winning? Um, so I mean that was a little bit of a little bit of a brain fart on our part, but what do you do, man? We're we're new to this, right? Yeah, well, you certainly learn from there, and now you know to to know where you are on on the uh, leaderboard next year at Chambers Bay. But talk about four ball, and obviously the most important thing is who you're playing with. So take us inside that relationship with Mike Wilhelm. How'd you get to know him, and how'd you know that uh, when you make your foray into competitive golf, that he was the guy to be by your side? Well, when when I retired, I at the club that I belonged to, um, there was, a, another guy by the name of Phil Mashka and he was, he was a mutual friend of ours. Well, a part of, we, we all end up playing in a group, you know, try to get out a couple times a week. And so we played a lot together and we just kind of realized that our, our mindset was very, very similar. Our games were pretty similar. Um, and, we enjoyed being around each other. Like we we're good buddies. So it was just like, yeah, let's play four ball. I, th- I think we could be pretty good. Like that, that's really what we thought. We we're like, I think we can be pretty good. And, um, yeah. And then we end up playing in the four ball, Nebraska four ball this year, had a great chance to, to win it going in. We end up having eight birdies on the second day or yeah, on the last day and shooting even par. Like, how does that, how does that work? Right. Um, so we, we kind of, we kind of 
choked it down a little bit and we said, all right, we'd love to win the Nebraska tournament, but the, what we were, what we were focusing on was just qualifying for the four ball. Well, clearly you're both uh, competitive, but what's, what's the, the yin and yang like out on the course in terms of how your, uh, your outlook plays off each other? Obviously, you're, you're an ultra-competitive guy. You fought your way from Division II football, being the MVP in D2 football and back-to-back seasons, to scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl. So clearly, you work hard and want to get it done and want to win. How does Mike complement that? Mike's very similar in, in, the, in his mindset. He didn't play professionally, but he... Uh, you know, he never played any sports professionally, but you can still have that same mindset. And the dude loves golf. There's, there's not many people that I, I feel like love the game of golf like I do. And he's right up there with me. Um, and, and the thing is we, we understand the format too. Like we understand that you need to birdie. So like sometimes, Hey, there's a dude that's safe and probably has a good shot at parring. Hey, try to stick it close and figure it out and try to try to make a putt um, because birdies uh, birdies are big time when it comes to, you know, that tournament. And uh, we try to like, we, we don't, we don't care how each other plays. It's just like, let's try to find a way to birdie a hole. Let's try to find a way. And if not, the other person needs a par. And Danny, as Dave said, uh, you know, heading to Chambers Bay next spring, May 22 to 26. Have you been to Chambers Bay before or just, seen it on tv from speech winning the u.s open there in 2015 yeah i have not i have not been there um something i'm looking forward to but haven't been there know of it because of when speech you know won the u.s open uh I, I know uh just remember kind of seeing it i remember the the train going through the course just the i just remember kind of vaguely some i remember some of the players complaining about it. i know they redid the greens though um, but I'm just excited to to play at a, you know, at a venue like that where it's been a major championship also was the USAM. So I think it's going to be kind of cool. Yeah, beautiful venue. Greens are looking really good. It was just out there this past year and uh, the course is looking spectacular. So I think you guys are going to enjoy it. You know, one of the unique things about the four ball is that you qualified here. It's October. You're not actually playing the championship till May it, very infrequently. So how do you prep for a championship like that that isn't until next spring where you have six or so months to kind of wrap your head around it and prepare for it. Yeah. I, in, in some ways I, I think we're super fortunate because towards the end of the summer is, is when I just, I didn't fall off, but I just wasn't shooting scores that I was normally shooting. And Mike was playing solid, maybe not his best, best golf, but he was playing solid. Um, and I'll tell you what, Mike Wilhelm, when he, he usually like, he'll get ready. Cause we do a lot of, we do a lot of practicing in the winter, both of us do. And, and we have a club at Omaha country club that has indoor bays, has track man, has, you know, anything and everything that we need to practice. So I think in some ways we'll benefit from it. And, and I think he'll, he'll come out playing well. I'm really excited because, um, Already, I feel like my game's significantly better than what it was at. Um, so I'm excited because I think we'll have a better chance at, you know, playing better. And, and when you're practicing for four ball, obviously you're going to practice as an individual on those hitting bays and track, man, and make sure that your game's in order. But do you guys go out there and simulate um, and try to say, okay, this is the, the, the predicament we're in on the course. How do we handle this as a team? 
you know, when, when we're playing, if it, especially if it's just, sometimes it's a casual round him and I, well, it's hard to make it a casual round. So we'll make it to where we're like, all right, what are, what are we going to shoot? So we focus on, um, we do focus on just trying to shoot a really good score anytime we're out there, anytime we're playing as far as practicing and in the hitting base, that's, that's a little bit tougher because it's, it's, it's tougher to emulate, you know, how you're playing. Sure. We can go on the track man and play, you know, the different courses, but you're not putting, you're not, it's, it's just going to be different. Danny, you're in your mid thirties now you're starting a few gray hairs. I think I've seen in some of your videos. I mean, ultimately, how good do you think you can get at golf? Do you have an ultimate goal or, or destination that you're trying to get to as you continue to uh, to pursue the game and, and get better? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I, I do. I'm not going to share everything with you guys, um, but <laughs> I, I definitely uh, have goals. Um, qualifying for a USGA was definitely a goal. Um, I don't know how good I can get, to be honest. I, I You know, the first... The first year, I think I got down to a close to a scratch, probably a two or a three of retirement. And then the next year I get into the pluses. And then this year I get, you know, deeper into the pluses. And it's like, you know, like, where, like, why not try to get really good? You know, like I've never practiced golf until even year two is when I started practicing. Cause year one, it was just like, I played. And I was just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to go play. Whereas now I like practice and that's something that it was foreign to me because when I was in the league, I always was just like, I need to get around in cause then I got to get home cause I worked out and whatever. And then I'm going to be gone from the family during training camp. So like I practice wasn't even on my radar and last couple of years that I've practiced, um, I feel like my game's gotten significantly better. And did your journey in football influence your optimism with your golf game saying, I don't know how good I can get kind of a sky's the limit type of attitude with what you did from division two football to competing in the Super Bowl? Does that shape that type of mindset of optimism? Um, I don't know if that's what it is. Um, I mean, it could be, I, I think more than anything, I think that's kind of what I was just born with, I guess. I mean, I think that's just how God created me is to, you know, try to do everything I can to be as good as I can with the gifts that I was given. And, um, fortunately I've, I have athletic gifts and, um, fortunately, I mean, golf, you need some of those. And I, I've been very fortunate and I feel very blessed that God's given me some of that talent. Um, but he's also given me a drive to, you know, be as good as I can be at anything that I do. And it's not just sports. Um, it's just, that's something that I love. That's, I, I enjoy competition. I enjoy, you know, doing that sort of thing. And, um, I think that's more so what it is maybe playing or my journey in football makes it a little bit more believable because sometimes even when I was in the, you know, in the, at times when I was in division two or undrafted, you're like, gosh, is this even possible? Am I going to get an opportunity? Um, so maybe living that out, maybe that helps me. Uh, but I'm not so sure. Sh- I'm, I'm not positive. I don't, I don't think about, I don't think about football when I'm on the course. Someone said, Hey, do you think about, you know, I did this in the Super Bowl, So no, I don't because in football, that was my profession. Whereas in golf, something I love and I'm not as gifted of a golfer as I, I was as a football player. 
but you're on you're on the right side of uh, the handicap with a plus 0.3 if I'm not mistaken for a handicap so not too shabby there but talking about golf is your passion let's dive way back how'd you get started in the game what led to this being your passion you know my grandpa kind of just introduced it to me when I was younger don't really remember how old I was but then I started playing some with my my dad and my older brother um, until high school and then once I hit high school kind of I don't want to say it came to a screeching halt, but football, getting ready for football, playing basketball tournaments, all the stuff that I needed to do to get ready for, you know, the sports that I played in high school, then I kind of overtook my summer. Um, so I, I didn't really play much until maybe my junior year of college. And then I played or senior year of college, played a decent amount that summer. And then I uh, once I got in the league, I. I started to play, you know, when I could, but I never like, I never focused on it. It was like, I feel like I can get it around the course and shoot in the seventies and it look ugly half the time, but I try to find a way. And Danny, right now, four kids at home, you have your own podcast. How many rounds are you getting in, in a normal year since you retired from the NFL in 2017? Oh, I don't even know. I'd have to look at my, <clears throat> my gin or whatever, but I, I, I'm definitely over a hundred. I mean, that's without a doubt. I, I, I try to play, you know, during the, I, my thing is, is I play during the week. The only time pretty much the weekends is tournaments and the occasional round with like my siblings, but I try to play during the week. So then weekends are family stuff. And, and I also try to play during the week in the mornings because, uh, you know, kids getting out of school or say it's in the summer. That's when I can, hang out at the pool with them. So I, I try to, I do a lot. My, my wife's unbelievable. And she allows me like, she's my mom. I say she allows me, but she allows me to play, you know, <laughs> as much as I can to get good. But she also knows, and my kids also know that they're way more important to me than golf. I love golf. It's like a passion of mine, but that that's not going to come before my family. It just, it won't. And it never will. Yeah, those, those weekends are definitely sacred family time. I just welcomed a, a daughter into the world in January, and uh, weekday golf is definitely a big thing in this household as well. Uh, so, Danny, 10 seasons in the NFL, four different teams. You know, which football player has the best golf game that, that you've played with? Or maybe there's a couple. Who else has some game out there that you played with in the NFL? Um, I would say Jay Feely was a solid golfer, really good golfer. He's, he's retired now. Um, he was a really good player. I'm trying to think who else that I felt like other, I mean, not trying to say I was as good as everyone. I'm just, Jay was really good. Um, and, and then there are some other guys that could hit it around, but nothing crazy, you know, like nothing crazy. And, um, so Jay would be the best that I personally have ever played with, I would say. Interesting, because, you know, I think the the thought is that hockey players, baseball players, you know, kind of the swings translate, right? They take it up the most naturally, perhaps. But now we've seen a lot of football players, right? I mean, Brady and Manning in the match. We see Larry Fitzgerald, among others, Jerry Rice uh, out at Tahoe every year. So how often did you get out there when you were in the league? Was that something you did on maybe a day off on Tuesday? No, I mean, maybe a couple times in my career I did. But outside of that, no. I mean, it's just, it's too hard during the season. You're too sore. I mean, it's just not, it's not uh, feasible. So I, I yeah, I, I mean, 
other than the couple random times I did, it was more off season stuff. Yeah. Tell, tell the Tahoe guys. I mean, you guys got some pull, have them reach out to me. I, I got invited in 2011, but I, could, I couldn't go. My daughter was being born. You're putting I, yourself on the map right now. I've seen articles about you. You're qualifying for USDA yeah. events, so we may not have to put you on their radar. Yeah, if you if you if you, if you just so happen to do it, <laughs> I'm not going to be angry. All right, all right. That would be a great spot for you out there. You know, Danny, talking about a lot of football players who who now play golf. You know, are there any golfers who you think? you know, might have the ability to strap on the pads and hold their own on a football field. Just thinking in the last 10 or so years, you have more athletic builds, Tiger, Bryson, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Gary Woodland, and, and some others. Is there any chance of that? Or are you just kind of laughing at me under your breath as I ask this question? I would probably, I'm not laughing, but I'm not able to think of anyone. If that makes you, <laughs> I mean, I, I will say this. I think is everything that I know about Gary Woodland, I would say he would be the most likely. Brooks, I know lifts, but I don't. I'm. I don't. I've never seen him run. You know, I. I know. I know what. Um, but I know what Gary could do because of he, he played basketball first. Um, other than that, it's. I mean, it's football. Is such a like. People talk about how LeBron James would be such an amazing tight end. So I've been, I've always growing up, I was a huge LeBron fan, but there's something different. And if you've ever seen LeBron in person, like, yes, he looks jacked on the court, but he's pretty skinny when you, when you're around football players all the time. So like, could he bulk up probably, but I I don't, I think he's, he's someone that maybe could, right? Like, I mean, there's not a ton of guys, but like, even look like Gates, uh, Antonio Gates, like he was a smaller, he wasn't tall. I think it'd be harder when you're like LeBron's, I don't want to say he's too tall, but like, it's just, I, I think once you get to a certain height, I think he probably could. I think there's maybe, I don't know. It's it's just so few because LeBron was amazingly fast on the court. But you also have to look at the guys that he was running next to, right? I mean, it's just they're they're not as athletic. Like I personally love Dirk Nowitzki, but he's one of the guys running on the court. You can't tell me Dirk could play in the NFL. So like when you think when you just cross like you go know, different sports football's one that's hard to gauge just because it's so violent, maybe some hockey players, but I, they, then you've never seen them run. So, I mean, there's just, it's, it's tough. Obviously baseball, some pitchers have played quarterback, but that's, that's different. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, you're right about Gary. I was going to point that out, but you beat me to it. He played college basketball, went up against Kansas. I think he was guarded by Kirk Heinrich back in the day. So clearly um, a pretty athletic guy outside of golf. Um, but I think you're right. I think translating those two sports, you know, football to golf or basketball to golf or basketball to football, it's tough to do until you see him strap it up. But um, speaking of that, and maybe people uh, kind of coming out of nowhere, that's the title of your podcast that you host with uh, former NFL offensive lineman. And Matt Slauson. What can people expect out of that show? I mean, I, th- I think kind of just what you said. I mean, our, our, our stories, both of ours is kind of out of nowhere. And we like to highlight, um, at least when we have guests, we like to highlight um, their stories. And 
if you think about it, if you think about your guys' stories or you think about, um, you know, anyone that's been successful or at whatever they've done, everyone's story comes out of nowhere. You don't, you're not like born and you're one day old and be like, this dude's going to be a savage. He's going to be a receiver for the, you know, for the Atlanta Falcons. No, everyone's stories, you know, starts square one and it's kind of out of nowhere and wherever you go. So we like to highlight people's stories. And then, Oh, I mean, when, when it's just slaw and I, or even sometimes when guests are on, cause we want our guests to drive the conversation too, because we want to hear their stories, but we want them to have fun and talk about things that they don't get to talk on, on a lot of shows. And sometimes our, our conversations kind of are out of nowhere and, and we just enjoy, uh, whether it's, you know, humor, whether it's another sport, um, like us, we like to talk about golf a lot, even when football players are on. Um, and, and that's, what's, that's, what's fun. We're just trying to enjoy ourselves and, and hopefully we can, uh, provide, a you know, 30 minutes to an hour of inter I don't know if entertainment's the right word, but something that just kind of makes you smile, makes you laugh or learn something different about, you know, these professional athletes that, um, most people wouldn't know. Yeah. For everyone out there, well worth a listen. I, I popped on a couple yesterday and uh, a lot of fun to hear those guys, uh, break it down and, and talk about, talk to some folks about kind of what their passions are and what inspires them. Uh, Danny, before we let you get out of here, uh, one last question on a course you're very familiar with that's Omaha country club, uh, in Nebraska that will be hosting, the 2021 U.S. Senior Open next July. So for those fans who are getting ready for that, uh, what's a little scouting report on, on Omaha CC? What can people expect to see when they tune into NBC and Golf Channel next year? Uh, I think it's going to be, well, it's going to be hard to see, I mean, camera-wise, but it's super hilly, super uh, super undulating greens. Um, just a lot of, like, intricacies in the greens uh on landing areas where you want to be where you need to be because when these greens get you know fire which they will they're they're going to get them rolling um there's certain spots you can and can't be and um it's a i mean it's a challenge and has made my game significantly significantly better and uh i think i mean i think it was in 2013 when they were here the last time i think obviously it's a good enough course to come back and i think it'll be very enjoyable for um people to watch on tv and obviously the people that come out yeah we saw kenny perry win there in 2013 the u.s senior open so we'll see if he can bring back the best shots in his bag and the old lefty phil mickelson he's 50 so you never know we might see him down in omaha and danny will we see you down there we certainly hope so yeah i'm sure i'll be here awesome awesome well, well danny thank you so much for joining us and and folks don't forget follow danny on social media if you want to follow his journey to the u.s amateur four ball i've seen some swing videos and it looks pretty championship ready i don't know if danny feels the same way but it looks good to me that's danny underscore underscore woodhead on twitter that's right somebody beat him to danny underscore woodhead <laughs> so he had to go with two underscores and that's on twitter and at team woody 39 on instagram again keep those swing videos coming we enjoy them so danny thank you so much for joining us we appreciate it hey thanks for having me guys Thank you. Thanks, everyone out there for joining us. For my co-host, Mike Trosel, I'm Dave Giancola, and we will talk to you next time.